0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. Thanks for getting up bright and early to uh, listen to the program. I got to tell you, it's been going for a while now, and uh, I wonder who's up on Sunday mornings and listening. And I get feedback from people that I run into. So to know that you're listening means a lot, and I hope you enjoy the programs. And today we've got a good one. We've got Catherine Schubert here. She's the marketing and communications manager for one of my favorites favorite organizations, the Connecticut Humane Society. Good morning.
2: Good morning, and Thanks so much for having us today.
0: Sure, it's so good to have you here. Now, you're fairly new to the organization, according to my memory, but it's probably been longer than I know.
2: Right, no, it's been about nine months now, so I'm still learning so much because there are so many great programs happening at CHS. So learning a lot,
0: but it's been a great ride so far. Well, it, it's great to have you. And you know, we see the Connecticut Humane Society out there in so many different ways. I love the pet of the week segments that you do on radio on television. Um, you know, that's really important. But, you know, that showcases sometimes, you know, the stories and that's what I like. You guys are storytellers. How hard do you work at telling the story of someone that needs to be adopted or cared for. How does that work? Absolutely.
2: Storytelling is so, so important to the role and to what CHS does for the community. And every pet that comes through the door has a story to tell. So really, it's not too difficult to put together the pieces of the story and make it cohesive for somebody to understand what that pet's perspective is. But it's so important for us to share what they've been through, not only so they get to the perfect home, Mm -hmm. but so that everyone is aware that there are animals in the community that do need help and that do need support from donors and from community members from volunteers all of that
0: you know and that's just it because it's a it's an emotional thing an animal and and it's not like you know you see the cute little, let's say rabbit or let's say cat you know on television or hear about in the radio and you just go in and it's yours. There's also a process that you go through but it's that emotional pull I think that you put out to the public that brings most people in your doors right?
2: Right and it's so easy all the puppies have those puppy dog eyes yeah. the cats are so cute the bunnies too I mean that emotional pull happens with every single animal because they're all unique and there is that process behind the scenes too they get a lot of care from the medical perspective if they need a spay neuter if they need a done surgery or if they need more care than that, if they need something like seeing a cardiologist. We've had kittens seen see cardiologists, too. Right. And um, whatever care they need, we really are providing that from the medical perspective through the behavioral perspective. Some pets, like we have a dog right now available for adoption. His name's Rocky. He's very cute. He came to us and had spent the first three years of his life inside. So he had a lot of quirks that, you know, don't typically come with a dog that's been well-socialized. So he went through a couple of months of just getting to know people, getting to know what outside is like, and um, he is ready for adoption now. Our behavior team did wonders with him, and he's so sweet and so cute. What kind of dog?
0: He's a Laza Apso mix. He's adorable. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Can you imagine, though? And that's the thing, you know, maybe I'm just assuming an elderly person that just, you know, couldn't walk the dog or kept it inside, which is just wrong. But then you think about how, like you said, you had all these people surround this one animal. You guys even come up with the name, right? A lot of the times we do when they're <laughs> puppies or <are> kittens. <laughs> we have fun ones. Yeah, so it doesn't just come in the door and out. I mean, and then talk a little bit about, you know, how you go through the process to find the right fit because not everybody that wants it should get it. Yeah, absolutely. So when pets
2: come in, we definitely don't give any judgment to whoever's surrendering their animals. In the case with Rocky, you know, you never know what the situation at home could be. So um, no judgment for those surrendering um, pets to the C- to the Connecticut Humane Society. The process for getting a pet into the right home is analyzing what their personality is like, what their behavior traits are like, and making sure that whatever they're going to be bringing into a new home is going to work for that new home. And our adoption counselors are speaking with everybody that comes through the doors, too, making sure that their questionnaire and, you know, whatever they fill out for what they have at home or if they've they've got another dog, something like that. Um, Our adoption counselors are
0: aware of all of that so that the placement can be a success. Mm -hmm. And then do you require that people spend time with the animal that they're thinking of adopting? prior or how does that work yeah there's uh, you know again Every animal is unique, so mm-hmm. whether or not
2: that dog or cat or bunny or anything is going to need a couple of introductions with a person beforehand, we're going to make sure that they get those introductions. Um, if they need introductions with other pets at the home, they're getting that too. We have um, tests for for the pets that um, are going to go home to another animal, and we make sure that if a dog or cat or you know again any any of the pets, what else comes... is there though? <laughs> we have a lot, a like lot of what? small animals. So guinea pigs. Are are a big mm-hmm. thing right now. We've okay. got a lot of guinea pigs. Right now, we have two adorable hamsters. They're smaller than normal hamsters, and they're each a month old. They're called Peabody and Sherman. Oh so. <laughs> They're very really cute. Um, but we also have rabbits. We do ferrets. We do mice and rats. Um. <laughs>
0: oh, no. Oh, if you could see my face right now. OK, that's where I draw the line. Oh, no, boy. No, they <laughs> i tried all... <laughs> to get them out of my house, not in my house.
2: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, they all make wonderful pets. So. OK. <laughs> they all are, are well loved creatures and they're going to be loving to whoever takes them home um, surprisingly mice and rats <laughs> hands making a lot of places. I know I think I'm gonna be sick Oh no. <laughs> um, no mice and rats are actually very social creatures so they're super smart you can train them you can get them um, to really get get accustomed to you and become wonderful pets in the home
0: and you've got beautiful facilities too you know I've seen you grow I know you've got Fairly new leadership over there, which has been fantastic. I mean, the whole crew over there, when you walk in, it's just everybody's there because they love what they do.
2: Absolutely. It's so incredible walking into work each day because everybody who is there is there for the purpose of saving these pets and getting these pets a second chance at life. And so everyone is so dedicated. It's incredible to be surrounded by such a wonderful workforce.
0: And the other thing that you provide um, on certain occasions, I know you have a lot, we'll get to the fundraiser part in a minute, but you've got a lot of events where you actually have food drives because there are people that, that have pets and just, you know, for whatever reason, can't at a certain time maybe support them with food even. Right,
2: right, exactly. So keeping pets in homes is one of the major, major goals of the Connecticut Humane Society. There's a lot of situations where people can't afford care for their pets, and we don't want that to get in the way of having the pets stay in the home that loves them. It's very stressful to be rehomed. It's very stressful to have to go through the process of leaving the people that have cared for you your whole life. Right. And so for those pets, we want to make sure that we're providing whatever we can to those families. So whether that's medical care, whether, whether that's getting them extra funds for providing a surgery that's going to save their lives. Um, But we do also have those pet food pantries, like you mentioned. So Pet Food Pantry and Traveling Pet Food Pantry go throughout the state of Connecticut to get people food for their pets, um, just like it works as a food bank for people. So that provides food and that extra support. So that couple of months that Mm -hmm. they get that support, that gets them back
0: on their feet. That allows their pet to stay at home and everyone's happier for it. So. Right. And you know, depending on how many pets you have, I mean, even if you have a large dog, I mean, pet food is expensive. It is. So and you want to keep them, you want to keep them going. Um, so talk a little bit too about, you know, folks that might be listening to the show. And again, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Catherine Schubert. She's the marketing communications manager for the Connecticut Humane Society. And um, talk a little bit if you can about people that do want to help the people, you know, they I've seen a lot of people on, you know, I'm going to give all these blankets to the hum- Connecticut, Connecticut humane society or I'm going to give these pillows I mean what are the things that pets need yeah, so we actually have a whole
2: wish list for the pets that's on our website. It's cthumane.org slash wish list. And on there we have lists of the types of pet food that are really helpful for the pets in the shelter as well as for that pet food pantry. We have certain dog treats and toys because seeing a dog in the shelter play with their squeaky toy is just so heartwarming. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to see that. And of course those blankets, those kinds of donations too. We do have certain requirements for what's gonna be okay for the pets. So um, that website slash wish right go and do day. your
0: homework before you you know try to do a nice gesture of dropping something off and it's not on the wish list or it doesn't you know meet the qualifications because and, you got to have some rules right you got to right. have some regulations you know i just i love all the stories too of all the pets do, i mean do you have one like since you've been at the connecticut humane society that really touches your heart
2: oh there are so many um i have an office and so i usually get cats that come up to my office when they need a little bit extra space or a little bit of extra socialization and um, I've had some really great cats in there so far. I wasn't a cat person entirely coming onto this job. Mm-hmm. I'm actually allergic to cats. Oh, wow. <laughs> but um, they, they have just absolutely changed me. They are so sweet. Recently, we had a story about this cat named Esme. She came from a situation where she was in a home with far too many cats and and not enough Human interaction. Mm-hmm. So she was very shy when she was living in my office. The behavior team was giving her her space and just trying to introduce her slowly into, um, you know, just life and with people yeah. and in a different situation. And it it didn't really work for her. She was going to be a shy cat. We called her a spirit cat, and spirit cats typically are cats that are not going to interact with people. They're going to hide in the corner, and you're just there to give them a home so they have a roof over their head and food. And all that and so she was labeled as a spirit cat and a wonderful adopter came home and or came to the connecticut humane society brought her home and a couple weeks went by and we got an email from the adopter and he said that esme was not a spirit cat anymore she's a very spirited cat and hearing that story from her transforming Um, He shared with us that Esme had been hidden in a room underneath a dresser. She didn't want to interact with him. She would hiss when he'd go to check on her. And she actually opened up the bedroom door so that she could let herself out. And she decided she was going to hang out with everybody from then on out. She was a couch cat watching TV, cuddling up on their lap. So that was a recent story.
0: Well, it just shows you what love and affection can do for anything. Anybody, right?
2: Yeah, And that's what you have to do. It transforms the pets. It's it's absolutely heartwarming to see that. And even in a shelter, a pet will come in after going through a really stressful time of being surrendered, leaving their home. And they'll be a little bit shut down for a little bit. But after the care they get yeah. with the animal care teams and behavior and medical, they they just warm up. And then you just know from then on out they're going to warm up even more
0: when they get to go to their next home. Team. Right. So I know that you have volunteers, but you have a volunteer program, so that's another thing. If you're going to drop off things, that's one thing. If you want to volunteer, learn what the commitment is, and there's training that goes into that. People just don't show up and say, I want to go walk a dog.
2: Right, yes. (laughs) No, we have a wonderful volunteer program, and we always have availability for volunteer positions, so that's on our website too, cthumane.org slash volunteer. And the volunteer training really gets you all of the know-how for whatever role you're going to take on. So we have volunteers that walk dogs, of course. We also have critter cuddlers. So they'll come in just to socialize with the small animals and have them sit in their lap for a little bit, get used to people. We also have germ busters. They are essential for getting our kennels clean and, and taking care of just the um, daily responsibilities that come with having pets. Yeah, <laughs> And, um, you know, laundry assistance, um, every every sort of role that you can imagine in the shelter we have available for our volunteers. And it's just absolutely incredible to see so many people coming in to, to support in that way and give their time and give back to the pets in that way, because time is everything. It and is. So. It is.
0: And, and there are a lot of people out there wondering, what can I do with my idle time? It's interesting, Catherine, because I had a uh, a gal that worked for me, and we were doing some work with the Connecticut Humane Society. And she said, I've got a volunteer here you know, she was very busy, but she made the time, she made the commitment, she went through the training, and it was the best part of every day when she got to go Aww. volunteer, you know, at the Connecticut Humane Society. Yeah. Um, where are you at with uh, locations and, and what's new? Yeah, absolutely. So we still have our three locations, Newington, Waterford,
2: and Westport. And newly coming onto you know, that series of locations, we have a new location opening in Wilton to serve the Fairfield County area. That's going to include that pet food pantry again. It's also going to include another veterinary uh, clinic just like our Fox Memorial Clinic in in Newington
0: when's that gonna be open
2: so our groundbreaking is happening in September so likely 2024 fall of 2024 so it's your it's
0: a whole new facility
2: yes that's right brand new you got to
0: thank your donors too a lot for things like that so that you know you're you're serving the entire state now that really opens the doors like you said for the people in Fairfield County but you don't build this on your own do you
2: absolutely not my goodness the donors are Are so integral to the program. We are an entirely donor-based organization, so everybody that is giving back to the pets are absolutely essential to everything that's happening. So that includes that new facility to serve even more pets. That includes the Fox Memorial Clinic that currently exists to provide low-cost veterinary care to pets in this community. Donors are absolutely everything to the Connecticut Humane Society and there's just not enough thanks
0: in the world to give to them. And you know when you go to some of the events that the Connecticut Humane Society and I've had the pleasure of attending many over the years, you see the people and how committed they are, but there are also employees that are there committed on a daily basis too, right?
2: Right, absolutely. So we have animal care staff that are full-time staff, behavior staff is full-time, and we have on-site veterinarians too that are serving the pets every day. So lots of staff
0: to take care of the pets. Right, Um, so what does the future look Like, What do you want people to know and what what can we do?
2: Absolutely. We talked about
0: a lot of options, but what else can we do?
2: Yeah, the community is everything. Here in Connecticut, we have to all work together. Once you're a pet lover, you're always a pet lover. So we know there's lots of people out there who want to give back in some way to pets in need. And local pets in need do exist. We have a lot of pets here that need care, that need support from the community. And giving back, whether that's donating, whether that's volunteering, whether that's fostering a pet that needs just a mm. little bit of yeah. <laughs> a little bit of socialization
0: before they go home,
2: or adopting. There's so many ways to get involved, and all that's listed on our website. Right, too.
0: and there is a cost. We should tell people there is a cost that comes with adoption, correct?
2: Exactly, yes. So there are fees for adopting. It's based on the pet's age and their species. So dogs, cats, and small animals all have different rates. Um, but depending on their age, the fees start at around $100 for a uh, senior dog or $80 for a senior cat, and then they go up from there. OK. And what what does that money go towards? Absolutely. So between everything that the animals need care wise, um, whether that's they needed a spay neuter when they first arrived, whether they needed extra medical support, whether our behavior team had to give a little bit of time to that pet to make sure that they were ready for a home, your adoption fee goes towards all of that. But it also goes towards any vaccinations that they needed to make sure that they're OK to go out into mm-hmm. the community. Um, and things like that is is what the adoption fee covers. And so it's really important that that um, we have that fee in place so that we also know that um, pets are just
0: going to get that care continuously. As they Right. I know it changes. Population changes by the minute, probably, if yeah. not by the hour, right? And so that's the other benefit of the website. You know, the information, you can see what pets are currently there. Um, but do you do holds, like, let's say I go on the website and I see, a, you know, a cute pet. At your Newington facility, I say hold that pet for me. Do you do that? <laughs> so we don't do hold. There's no waiting list or
2: anything like that. It is first come, first serve, and um, of course you have to go through that process, speaking with our adoption counselors, making sure it's going to be the right fit for your home. But you can give us a call anytime, and and if you're interested in a pet, you can ask those questions over the phone and say you're coming down to
0: meet them, and you know we'll do our best to to make sure that you get to meet that pet. So I know things change, like I just mentioned, but w- so what's going on at the, what do you have in the Connecticut Humane Society right now? Can you particularly talk about any particular pet that's there?
2: Yeah, most definitely. So about a week and a half ago, we took in a transport of dogs. Uh, We work with the Bissell Pet Foundation, and they will tell us when there's a need outside of the state of Connecticut for dogs to be transported elsewhere. So we were, we were asked to participate in a transport of dogs that were surrendered because of a closure to a puppy mill as well as a separate commercial breeder so they had taken in 225 dogs in Missouri and they asked us to step in we are partners with them whenever we can we are glad to help and they asked us to step in and we took in 21 dogs so Right now, those dogs are going through the process behind the scenes. What kind of dogs? uh, All sorts of dogs. A lot of small breeds. Well, you said it was a breeder,
0: right? Yeah. Or a bad breeder.
2: Right. Well, they're a commercial breeder and a puppy male. So two separate situations. So we have a lot of different breeds from that. We have some dachshunds. um, We have some little terrier Guys, too, little <laughs> poodles. <laughs> a lot of different kinds. There were 21 dogs that came oh, in, so wow. I'm still trying to get no, to No, I know. Them. <laughs> yes, that's a lot. Yeah,
0: I just thought with a breeder, they might be, you know, who knows. But, you know, yes. isn't it awful? But it isn't it great that there's other organizations that, you know, you're not isolated. Connecticut Humane Society has a lot of different partnerships yeah. in a lot of different places. And I was there one night at the Connecticut Humane Society when I think it was from flooding in Missouri uh, that a bunch of dogs came in. And just the emotion of seeing those pets, knowing that they've been rescued and that they're going to be, you know, taken care of and then hopefully finding, as we call it, their forever home. Right. There's no better feeling. I just get I get goosebumps <laughs> even thinking about it.
2: Those are incredible to witness. Ugh. We do a lot of transports to help in situations like that, where there's a natural disaster elsewhere and they need to make room for pets that have been separated from their owners in those places. So one of the dogs, too, that really spoke to me when I first arrived at CHS, his name was storm cloud and he came from a flooding situation in
0: Kentucky and
2: he was this big goofball huge dog and just didn't know his size and
0: he was he was a funny guy. (laughs) I don't know how you can help from not saying I'm taking this one I'm taking that one so here's the next big question how many pets do you have?
2: Oh you know I actually am in the middle of having pets I have a golden retriever at home uh, but he's with my family so he's the family dog and okay um so I am a foster home for any dogs or cats that need it um so no no permanent pets at the moment. Not yet? Yeah not yet yeah that's the key <laughs> word it's going to happen one of these days oh i'm sure because
0: you just get so attached yeah. but it's so important to to their future yeah. um so so what's coming up next for connecticut humane we got to go to the website cthumane.org um you have events throughout the year obviously folks we could talk about the heat you know how it's so just oppressive yeah. and you really got to keep your pets safe from that too right that's a big topic you've been on the case with that is doing doing all the PR on (laughs) keep your keep your pets safe in the heat
2: exactly yeah the heat you know it's a silent killer it definitely can Mm. be deadly and and really harsh on pets this time of year and so that's that's one of our focuses is just spreading the word on on summer heat and keeping your pets safe making sure that you're looking out for signs of overheating
0: and don't put them in your car yeah even with the car running with the window down I mean that is just wrong
2: it's it's just way too hot out there in the sun it just gets really really hot and those dogs cannot handle it right
0: so. I just I have a little shih tzu and I oh. took him to the pool the other day um, a friend of mine has a pool and we put him in the pool and it was hot and it was sunny but I was worried too because you know his hair was so wet, you could see his you know cow print skin <laughs> he too could get sunburn right Yeah.
2: oh most definitely sunburn is real too so getting those dogs shade for resting getting them out of the sun giving them a little spot of air conditioning to sit on to sit in is, is important Um, the sun
0: the sun can hurt them so it's important to keep them safe right and what else um, are you seeing out there that would be good useful information for our listeners what else should we know about
2: absolutely so one thing that we don't think about is the ground pavement we all want to take our dogs for walks in the summer but the pavement gets so hot hot. oh I didn't
0: even think about that
2: yeah so that's important is just making sure that you but they got to go out so what can you do right so keeping them on the grass It's, it's simple yeah when you're walking just keep them on the grass make sure they have space to walk on that's not Just ground pavement, Um, it can just heat up so quickly you don't even realize. I mean, everyone's seen those videos of the eggs frying out in the summer. Oh, I know, right? (laughs) So you don't. Yeah, I think that's still very
0: relevant. We could probably do that a few days out of the summer already. Uh, I mean, it's just been it's been it's been incredible. So, what does your population look like? Do you have a lot of pets available for adoption right now?
2: Yeah, right now we well. At any point in time, we have about 50 pets available for adoption in all three of our locations. So going to the website, checking them out is important. Our website refreshes every five minutes automatically. Really? Yeah. So it's always up to date. You can always see exactly who's where. Um, But of course, we have all the pets behind the scenes too. So currently available pets change. Again, every five minutes right, or so, so right. keeping an eye is important.
0: All right, and people can also follow you on social media. I know I, I'm on. I follow you guys on Facebook, so yes. I get to see all the fun stuff, and and it really is fun. And the interaction from the public, which you guys do such a great job at.
2: Thank you. Yeah, we love interacting with our followers. It's so awesome to see so many people coming to support the pets from any angle. And just hitting that like button or support button to know what's going on, Um, that really gives us a boost in the community. So So
0: where can people follow you? What do you got? What kind of... Social media, you got action in action. Wait, I don't want to say that. So, what have you got for social media?
2: Absolutely. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we are CT Humane or CT Humane Society on all of those.
0: Right, because there's some confusion about the National Connecticut or the Humane Society of Connecticut, right? Yes. And the local Connecticut Humane Society. Exactly. We are
2: totally separate. Uh, We are not associated with any national humane societies, anything like that. We are um, a standalone.
0: So what else do you want our listeners to know? We got about a minute and I usually give people an opportunity. I mean, what's your call to action, if you will?
2: Yeah. So we just really love to spread the word about the supporters of the Connecticut Humane Society. Everybody in the community here in the state of Connecticut really makes it possible for pets to get that life-saving care here at the Connecticut Humane Society. And so our call to action is always just support support the local pets, give back if you can, whether that's your time, whether that's a dollar, everything,
0: everything counts. Well, that's a great message, and I hope people will heed that message. And we've we've gotten a real good inside look at all the great things that you guys do over there. So, thank you for that on behalf of all the animals that can't necessarily speak for themselves, or can they? <laughs>
2: <laughs> they do talk, not in our language. <laughs> they like to meow. Oh yeah, and I believe
0: <laughs> I believe it. I believe my little Shih Tzu talks to us too. So, <laughs> well, I definitely. think there's some reality in that. Well, Catherine uh, Schubert, thank you so much for coming in and and talking to our folks. And again, any information. That you want, cthumane.org is the website, and go check out all the programs and answer any questions that you might have. Thanks again.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: And of course, we couldn't do this without all of you. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island.